Hello everyone. Thank you for coming to the JNM podcast. My name is Miro. And I'm Jeanette. And uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, the 1989 comedy film National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, but before we get started, we wanted to uh, thank everyone for coming back. If you're a returning listener and if you're new, welcome and uh, we hope you enjoy our podcast where we basically pick any type of media it can be movie tv show play uh, music uh, you know anything and we uh just kind of talk about it give some backstory give our opinions um and just talk about what's going on with it uh and like i said today we're going to be talking about the 1989 comedy film national lampoon's christmas vacation uh it is a christmas movie directed by jeremiah s uh check chick um he is also known for uh, Benny and June and the Avengers, not the one that you know you think of when we say the Avengers, the other Avengers. Uh, and it is written by John Hughes. Most of the information we got, we got it from Wikipedia, IMDb, Mental Floss. For the cast, it stars Chevy Chase as Clark Griswold. Uh, you might know him from Caddyshack, Three Amigos. Spies Like Us and Community. Uh, then you have Billy, Beverly D'Angelo as Ellen Griswold. Uh, she's known for most of the National Lampoon's Vacation film series. Uh, she was also in uh, The Cold Miner's Daughter and American History X. Next you have Juliet Lewis as Audrey. Uh, she was in the Cape Fear remake uh, from Dusk Till Dawn and Whip It. Um, was Whip It the one with H? Is that the one? Elliot Page. Elliot they Page, now sorry. go by Elliot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and by they, not he, him? He, he also goes by they. It's like a they, he. So both? Yes. Uh, then you have Johnny Galecki as Rescue. Griswold. Um, he was in The Big Bang Theory, uh, the TV show, uh, Roseanne uh, slash the Connors uh, TV show. Uh, next you have Randy Quaid as Eddie John- Johnson. Uh, he played in Independence Day, uh, Brokeback Mountain, Elvis, the limited TV series, and that's it. Cool. The film's backstory originated from a short story written by John Hughes called Christmas 59. Uh, the short story was published in the December 1980 issue of, Na- of the National Lampoon magazine. In an interview, Hughes stated that the studio came for him begging for another vacation movie. And he also said that he isn't really a big fan of the sequels, The Vegas Vacation and Christmas Vacation 2. Uh, and he also never helped in writing the European Vacation movie and was only uh, credited because he created the characters. He only agreed because he had a good story to base it on, so he, he knew he had a good foundation for the Christmas movie. He also stated that he had no involvement in the creation of Vegas Vacation. Uh, director Chris Columbus was set to direct the film, but left due to personality clash between him and Chevy Chase. I feel like that's, you know, I didn't know that goes back all the way then, too. Oh, yeah, like, it goes all the way back to SNL, because in uh, Crime and Sports, it's like a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Patrick Gallo actually brought up that um, Chevy and Bill Murray actually fought uh, while they were working on SNL mm-hmm. um, and even like fought basically in between the commercial breaks. Oh wow. So they like had live arguments in front of like the crowd? No, it was like the backstage. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So because of that, uh, they replaced him with Jeremiah as Chekchik, and despite the conflict, Hughes eventually gave Columbus the script for Home Alone. Principal photography began in March 27th, 1989, in Summit County, Colorado. Some of the footages were shot in Silver Throne, Breckenridge, and Frisco. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the house that was featured in the old movies, Clark Watch, while he was in the attic, was the same house featured on Bewitched and the new Gidget. Mm. Uh, and then the house that is part of the Warner Brothers backlot, which is located on Blondie Street, uh, the house that Todd and Margot, which is the neighbors next door, live is where Danny Glover lives in Lethal Weapon. Um, the film had had a $27 million budget, which was pretty high for a comedy that had no special effects. And fun fact, this was one of two Christmas movies released in 1989. The other one was John Hancock's Prancer. Uh, uh, is that like a famous movie? No, I don't think so. I never heard of it. Yeah, I'll, I'm like, this one must have been a lot better to oh, yeah. to not <laughs> to, to to for me to not even know what Prancer is. Uh in this film Audrey is older than Rusty. Uh in the original vacation and European vacation, Rusty is believed to be older than the two Griswold children. Uh and then this film has ties to its A Wonderful Life, which is a well known Christmas film. Um, not only was the film featured in the movie, but Frank Capra's grandson, Frank Capra the Third, was Christmas Vacation's assistant director. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Oh. Ame Questel, who played Aunt Bethany, was the original voice of Betty Boop in 1931. Uh, this was also her final film before her death in 1998. Uh, yeah, so apparently in order to help Chase to nail the expletive-filled uh, triad, uh, his fellow actors wore cue cards. Uh, D'Angelo explained that they were blocked in the shot in a way uh, that it would allow them uh, to have a piece of rope around their neck with a big cue card uh, that uh, Chevy Chase could read during the rant. Uh, and the rant itself was also divided into sections so that he could go all the way through from the beginning to the end without forgetting any of his lines. Uh, actually, in the movie, if you watch a little bit closely, you can see Chase's eyes go from uh, character to character as he goes uh, as he goes around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the film's producer, Maddie Simmons, uh, made a hidden cameo on the cover of the magazine that gets stuck on Clark's hand. So you see that uh, that's that's him right there mm-hmm. so the film starts with the family traveling in a rural area of Illinois to cut down a tree they encounter a redneck driver who didn't approve Clark's slow speed uh, however when the driver would try to pass Clark uh, Clark would speed up and it kind of goes like back and forth uh, to the point where uh, when the redneck driver passes him he tries to go into the next lane to avoid Mm -hmm. uh, having the driver um, brake check him but he ends up like getting underneath like a semi truck Mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, he goes back to the previous lane only to encounter a snow plow truck and then Emily has to go towards like the snow area, which yeah. causes the car to shoot up into the air and then somehow land in the parking lot of the Christmas tree um, lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that's when they get out of the car and they see, oh, that's like the Christmas tree, right? No, they're like, oh, we're here like yeah like they're like oh and there's like one tree left isn't there i felt like no 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 it was like they went into the parking lot and he was like oh we made it yeah and then it's like the scene where um the family kind of like walks through the snow Mm -hmm. and then clark is trying to find like the perfect christmas tree um but ellen is like you know how far are we going mm-hmm. um, and then how long are we going to take um, and then Rusty was talking about how this is like taking his Saturday away 
And then Audrey is basically being like, I can't feel my legs. I can't, can't feel my face. Yeah. Um, so then once they finally get to this one point, Clark sees the Christmas tree that he wants. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, this is it. This this is what we came here for. Yeah. Um, and at this time, Audrey's face is frozen, so she can't see what's going on. Uh, and uh, Rusty is upset again that they spent his Saturday for this. Yeah. Uh, and then Ellen questions the tree size. She's like, is it going to fit in our living yeah. room? Uh, given the fact that their living room isn't doesn't have high ceilings, it's a pretty like condensed yeah. room. It's a normal room, yeah. Clark doesn't care. He's like, this is it. Uh, we're going to take it. But then when Russ ask his dad if he brought the saw uh clark's smile turns upside down and then they end up having to uproot the tree <laughs> and then <laughs> you know and they like strap it to the car with like the dirt and everything and i really really like this opening because in like a really short amount of time it's sets up like the entire movie where the dad wants to do something drags his family along to do it things escalate rapidly and then somehow there's like a resolution like there's like a climax where like you know shit's about to go down and then there's like oh okay everything works out everything's good oh yeah yeah uh so later that night um clark has a couple of choice words with his next door neighbors margo and todd uh, while he cuts the roots um, off the tree. So then he manages to um, bring in the tree, only for it to be too big. Uh, and then when he cuts um, the brace or the rope that it was like holding back the or holding the tree together, it ended up uh, causing the um, limbs to like snap back to normal and then hitting their window breaking mm-hmm. it also there's a lot of sap so it causes clark to have a hard time like trying to let go of like the magazine um that he would later read uh mm-hmm. when he was like getting ready for bed um and then also like he has like the sap in his uh, mouth so he's like trying to spit it <laughs> out uh, and while he's doing that, um, the family is just kind of standing by the side, just watching yeah. it unfold. Yeah, I always remember, like, as a kid, I remember that scene very clearly with the uh, tree, like, him cutting the rope and then the tree just, like, basically exploding in the living room. Yeah, I really, like, that's one of the ones I remember clearly. Oh, yeah. And then, mind you, um, the tree was also too big for the living room. Yeah. Um, so, later that night, while they get ready for bed, Ellen lets Clark know that her parents are coming over for Christmas, and she worries that this would cause tension between her parents and Clark's parents. Uh, Clark tells her that uh, he won't freak out or have a meltdown, but Ellen doubts it and then lists all the events that he's had a meltdown or breakdown. Because uh, he was like, oh, um, when have I ever freaked out or had a argument? And she was like, uh, birthdays, weddings, anniversaries, New Year's, Easter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after that, the next day, uh, Clark is talking to his co-worker, uh, and we find out that he's been kind of waiting to get this promotion, and the co-worker is like, hey, uh, something's telling me that you're gonna get that promotion sooner than you think. Um, that's when Clark shows his co-worker that he's planning on using the Christmas bonus that they're gonna get this year as a down payment for a swimming pool at his house. The following day, uh, Clark and Ellen's parents arrive at the same time. Later that day, Clark and Rusty set up the Christmas lights outside, and, you know, it's, their house is big, so they're out there, and he's stapling the lights onto the roof as they go, and 
I was like having a panic attack. I was like, that staple's gonna go through that cable and it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be hell. Um, so while they're on the roof, uh, he accidentally tangles himself with the lights and falls uh, to the edge of the roof. No, that was like the next event. Um, before that, uh, Clark, uh, while he was stapling um, the lights on the like the tips of the roof. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he accidentally staples his sleeve uh, to the house, causing him to have a near accident. Like he basically like tries to kind of pull his way out from like the grass but then it causes his um sleeve to come off and then him almost falling but then he falls like um onto the big tree that's like nearby and then he tries to push push forward back to the house only to then like kind of fall on and like grasp onto the um gutters gutters yeah so when he's hanging from the gutters, uh, the gutter gets loosened, uh, causing the uh, piece to start swinging. Uh, and there was a icicle inside the gutter that flies out into the neighbor's bedroom, breaking their stereo, the window, and basically getting the carpet wet. Uh, meanwhile, Audrey complains to her mom uh, about her grandparents, about how like she has to sleep with Clark for a few days and how annoying they are and all of that. Uh, once Clark uh, finishes the light setup, uh, he tries to make a grand reveal of the lights, only for the lights to not work, and basically everyone being disappointed. Uh, uh, particularly his in-laws. Like, yeah. They don't think that he's like a great guy for Ellen. Mm. Um, so then everyone returns to the house, um, and then also uh, Clark's parents like try to give him help being like oh well just check every light bulb you know make sure that they work because maybe one of the light bulbs um is out causing all the lights to go out so he they just basically spends um the night kind of checking on the lights checking each light bulb yeah. yeah uh so the next morning clark goes to the attic to hide a couple of um uh, the presents uh while up there uh, his mother-in-law gets a chill and notices the attic door is open, so she closes it before leaving the house with the rest of the family. Uh, apparently, they're planning on going Christmas shopping at the mall. Um, so Clark uh, tries to ask for help, like he tries to bang on the attic door and then like tries to push one of the attic windows open so then he could shout out, but they couldn't hear him. After the family leaves, uh, Clark tries to find clothing to keep warm, uh, causing him to stumble on a reel of like home videos. Mm-hmm. Um, so he decided to spend the time watching uh, the reels and reminiscing like his childhood. However, uh, the moment is interrupted when Ellen comes back. Um, and opens the attic door, causing Clark to fall, Mm because apparently he was positioned, like, right on top of the door. Yeah. And how did he get the power for the projector? Is there power in attics? I don't know. Uh, later that day, Clark tries to turn on the Christmas lights with Ellen, only for, uh, for the lights to not work. Uh, Clark goes, uh, to check on the cords while Ellen, uh, stays in the front of the house. Meanwhile, Ellen, Ellen's mom turns on the garage lights, causing the Christmas lights to turn on. She tries to get Clark to come and see, but her mom uh, turns off the switch before Clark gets back. It happens again, and this time with Clark at the front of the house and Ellen turning on the switch. Out of frustration, Clark decides to destroy the Santa display right before he connects the cords. Ellen flips the switch on, causing the lights to turn back on. While Clark is celebrating that the lights are finally working, he notices Eddie, his weird cousin, standing with the family. Uh, Then he looks around and sees that he also brought his wife, two young kids, and uh, his dog, who apparently has a salivation problem. Once they settle in, Eddie explains that he uh, borrowed the RV and uh, explains that his uh, 
older children are having surgery or pursuing their uh, careers in the carnival. Um, the following day, Clark stops by his ho- uh, by his boss to drop off a present, um, like a Christmas present for his boss, and asks about um, a report that he submitted. And uh, the boss is like, "Yeah, yeah, I got it, and it, the the meeting that I needed for went well." And yeah, and um, a funny part was that um, the present that uh, Clark was dropping off was the same present as like the other presents behind him. Yeah, I so saw there's like uh, there's like a bunch of presents on the shelf behind him, and he just like there's an empty spot for his, so he just kind of puts his in the empty spot. Yeah. So later that day, uh, Clark takes Eddie uh, and the kids to the mountains to go slaying, and Clark decides to bring um, a product that his company is marketing. And it's a non-caloric silicon-based cooking oil, and he sprays it like a good amount on his sleigh, or it's like kind of like a like a metal like circular thing. So as he prepares, Eddie lets Clark know that he doesn't have his metal disc in his head anymore, um, and he says um, if. If this gets dented, like, mm-hmm. my hair won't look good. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Clark basically uh, goes, like, sits on his sled and kind of starts doing the motion to uh, slide down. And as soon as he, like, lets go, it basically he goes into, like, uh, hyperspeed, like, super fast. He lives, leaves, like, a trail of fire um, due to the cooking oil that he sprayed under the under the sled uh he rides for a couple of miles and runs through an outhouse trees a busy road and uh finally ends up into a toy donation box inside of a uh, in front of a walmart on his last day uh clark's co-worker stops by clark's office before leaving for the holiday and uh clark worries that he won't get a bonus check because the co-worker is like hey I got mine everyone else has gotten theirs but uh, Clark hasn't gotten his yet is um, he basically imagines his family having fun while Eddie walks in his uh, walks in with his beer and you know weird swimwear uh, he's basically having like this daydream about what it would be like if he had the pool uh, that he promised his family he's like imagining this and then he's like okay I'm gonna stop imagining my cousin and he starts picturing this like hot lady uh kind of being at his pool yeah it was like the lady that was seen um in the department store right yeah yeah where he's like flirting with her and like his son catches him Mm -hmm. um and then uh he he's dreaming about the same woman in uh in his pool dream uh but before like he basically gets to the good part uh Eddie's daughter interrupts uh interrupts him thinking that he's uh Santa Claus uh she asks him if Santa's real since he didn't come last year and shows basically no signs that um he's going to come this year and it's really sad cuz it lets us know that they haven't had like a, a Christmas present or anything in the last couple years uh, and Clark tells her to not think of it because uh, because he is real and that he will come. So the next morning, Ellen tells Clark um, her concerns that Eddie um, and his wife uh, do not have any presents uh, ready for his children. Uh, while Eddie is dumping his sewer waste into the storm drain. Mm-hmm. Um, so Clark decides to take Eddie to a nearby supermarket and after Eddie tells him um, that he basically lost the house and the farm which is why they are in the RV Mm -hmm. uh, Clark promises to help Eddie out with the gifts um, which oh you mean it are you gonna do it (laughs) yeah and then like he immediately like brings out this like big list it's like okay like this is what we want so it's like he already had it ready yeah um for clark to have Mm -hmm. um so on christmas eve uh clark brings in aunt bethany and uncle lewis uh both of them are kind of like hard of hearing and 
Bethany kind of has like signs of like dementia at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lewis has an obvious toupee um, that basically got stuck to his hat uh-huh. at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, while Bethany uh, doesn't understand what every what everything is going on, yeah. like she at first she thought that the house was on fire, <laughs> not realizing that it's it's lights yeah and then um like someone said something and then she was like oh did i break wind it's like no you didn't <laughs> um and then she even uh wrapped uh her cat into a present box and oh, also wrapped um the jello mold that she brought in uh-huh. for food <laughs> uh yeah so when uh when dinner is ready uh clark uh asks bethany to say grace uh and at first you know she's dementia so she's like uh it's a relative named grace and uh but and you know she doesn't know what's going on and then at the end she ends up just saying the pledge of allegiance so then everyone just kind of played along with it um and once they were done Mm -hmm. uh clark then uh goes to cut the turkey only to find out uh, Eddie's wife Catherine uh, dried out the turkey so apparently she didn't baste the turkey um, so it was completely dry um, but it looked really really good from the outside yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically they spent all the time like just like <laughs> trying to eat the turkey um, and then there's a point where Eddie's dog um basically like hacks off out a bone or something at first clark thinks that eddie is like feeding the dog um the food but then he basically mentions like oh no we don't feed him from the table he might have gone into the garbage and then they find out that the trash can (laughs) is like all over the place so then clark and um ellen go and clean it up and then um, the Christmas trees lights go out for some reason so then Clark goes and then plugs it back in only to find out that once he put the once he plugged it in mm-hmm. uh, Bethany's cat actually um, was chewing on it oh. so it actually died from electrocution so then they had to dump the recliner that it was underneath outside yeah. on top of like and it was like right next to like the sleigh that Clark used um, before, and then like you have like all these like reminiscences from like days before. Yeah, um, like every like thing he has broken, they just bring it outside and put it there. Yeah, and uh, I love how Randy's like, "Hey, like that recliner isn't totally bad yet. Like, can I have it? <laughs> like, I can, I can like spruce it up and use it." <laughs> Once they come back, um, Uncle Lewis uh, goes to light up a cigarette nearby the tree, only to burn the tree because it has so many uh, decorations, particularly flammable decorations. Mm. Um, when when that happened, I also thought it was because the dog kept drinking the bowl water for the tree, so the tree dried out. Remember when uh, Randy gets there, uh, Clark is like, hey, don't let your dog drink that water is gonna dry out the tree i thought it was like a callback to that of like oh no the dog i mean i think it was like a little bit of both like i think it was like the decorations that they use yeah and then the fact that the tree was pretty dry mm-hmm. because the dog kept you know drinking from it yeah when all that um happens um there's a knock at the door and clark opens to find that he got his bonus apparently it got misplaced during the delivery so they had to do like a last minute delivery clark opens a bonus only to find that he only received a year membership to the jelly of the month club (laughs) it's not even jam dude it's fucking jelly so then um clark becomes upset and then basically goes on the tirade about how he would like to have his boss uh, come here with a boat on him and, you know, tell him how he really feels about um, the Christmas bonus and just working with him. Mm -hmm. Um, 
when that happened, Eddie kind of, like, thinks, like, oh, maybe this could be my way of, like, giving him a gift. Um, so he basically leaves. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I'll be right back. Yeah. Clark goes outside and cuts a tree nearby, only for the tree to fall and break the window of Clark's neighbors. And it was kind of um, the window that the dining room had, because uh, there's like a little scene uh, with the neighbors where they're talking to each other like, oh, well, you know, it would be nice to have a Christmas tree. But then the husband is like, well, how are we going to get a Christmas tree like in, on Christmas Eve? And then the tree comes and crashes into their window. And, yeah. And, and like slowly... breaks everything. And yeah. <laughs> After like Clark um, brings in the tree, Ellen kind of talks to him being like, hey, like, are you okay? This kind of seems a bit weird. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, no, it's like totally fine. Like, you know, like Uncle Lewis burned down my tree. Yeah. I had to get a new one. I cut it down and voila. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> At this point, he kind of seems like he's, like, senile. Yeah. And so he also places, like, makeshift presents. Mm -hmm. Like, it looked like presents that they just kind of had around the house. Uh, So while that was happening, uh, he kind of kept hearing this squeaky sound. And Mm. so did Bethany for some reason. Because she's deaf, but for (laughs) some reason she could hear that. Yeah. Clark kind of looks at the tree and then he notices that there's a squirrel yeah. in the tree and every there's like chaos like everyone's mm-hmm. like running around screaming uh, and then Snot the dog uh, kind of tries to catch the squirrel only to cause more damage to the house yeah. um, Clark manages to get the squirrel out by opening the front door to where Marco was standing yeah uh, hoping to have a talk with him about the window damage. Mm-hmm. Um, however, the squirrel jumps on her, which causes Snot to jump on her with the squirrel, and then basically Clark closes the door and says, "Gone." Yeah, it was really funny. Like she goes back in, and like the boyfriend tries to a ask husband. her. Husband tries to ask her about it, and she's like, "No, having it." Yeah. Yeah. So Ellen's parents. Uh, were basically about to leave because they were like oh well the holiday's over uh but clark insists that they stay and like keep going uh he then gets some um you know goes talk to his dad and gets some input from him and uh says it's okay that uh he's drank jack daniels before yeah like he's like oh i've dealt worse conditions yeah (laughs) so then clark comes calms down and decides to read uh twist the night before christmas which is kind of like a tradition for his family Mm -hmm. um it was usually his dad like reading the story but then his dad's like no i i'm retired so then he decides to read the the book to Mm -hmm. everyone and then as he's reading he notices eddie uh is back (laughs) but with frank his boss yeah which is wrapped in a bow <laughs> and um basically once uh frank and eddie are inside uh clark confronts um his boss about his bonus to which frank is saying like well what bonus i cut out bonuses this year yeah. and then he later like tells frank that a lot of people rely on that money uh especially when it, especially when it comes to the holidays yeah so then Frank kind of gives in and decides to reinstate the bonus um, on top of, like, a 20% increase. So whatever he got last year, like, add 20%. And, and this is literally the most unbelievable part of the movie. Well, what do you, oh, the cops coming? No. Like, him being like, oh, I guess you're right. I'm going to give those bonuses now. No, I think it would probably be, like, The Purge, where they basically bring him in, and then they just beat the living shit out of him. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, like, as soon as, like, Clark lets him go, he's gonna go to the cops and be like, okay, you're fired. First thing, you're fired. Second thing, you're never working anywhere again. Third thing, I'm suing you. I'm pressing charges. Like, the last thing that would happen would be him being like, oh, I, I would a capitalist, like, 
a business owner being like, oh, I guess I have learned my lesson. Greed is bad. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm gonna give bonuses now. <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, meanwhile, Frank's wife calls the police, um, causing like a huge flood of cops to go to Clark's house, and then they break into the house through the windows, like upstairs, downstairs, like back Every door, door, yeah, uh, garage. I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> once. Um, like the cops are like freeze everyone freezes and then um the wife comes to talk to frank but then once he informs his wife about the situation that is like oh i changed my mind because she also felt like him cutting out the bonus was like really selfish of him Mm -hmm. but then he's like no don't worry i cut out the bonuses you know i read yeah i wonder oh no honey that was so selfish of you as she's like rolling her eyes like we'll we'll talk about it when we get home <laughs> you know uh when that happens like the kids like well there's like a little dance like everyone's celebrating about it and then the kids notices a shooting star and then everyone goes outside mm-hmm. uh and then when that happens uncle lewis uh decides to light another cigarette but then he's like right next to the storm drain which is kind of glowing green from Eddie's sewer <laughs> dumping. And uh, basically, Clark is like, don't do it to uh, Uncle Lewis. But then the light that he <laughs> uses uh, causes an explosion. And the reindeer decorations that he had nearby to basically fly up into the sky. Um, and then when that happens, Aunt Bethany um, decides to recite the national anthem, which everyone joins in, yeah. uh, while the decoration like flies across the sky. <laughs> so then, after the incident, everybody returns uh, back to um, the house to celebrate more. And then, when Clark is alone, uh, he finally states that he did it, and that's the end of the film. No, very good message. So yeah, what were uh, some of your thoughts on the movie in general? I mean, I really liked it. Uh, I feel like this is like probably one of my favorite Christmas comedy films. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really like the little like jokes that they have. Um, this is probably like one of the only films that I've actually like still continue to laugh. Mm-hmm. even though I've watched it many times yeah. so I really like the the scene where he's like falling off the roof and then also when he's like pissed off and like punches like the reindeer decorations and then like kicks Santa up into the sky Yeah. Um, and then when he like does the whole like he's like gritting through his teeth and then like um connects the two sockets together and then all of a sudden like the lights turn on yeah i think it's pretty funny yeah i uh i kind of feel the a similar way i i like the movie because i feel like i don't know if i don't want to generalize it but i feel like movies in that era like it they weren't as character heavy and i i kind of like that where uh we don't really delve into the mom's character the kid's character like his character it's just like you see tids and bit uh bits here and there uh but it's never like you know how do you feel mom none of those moments uh you just kind of the story's happening and you're just watching it so i really like that uh it's a really uh, memorable christmas movie like like i said i always remember the uh, scene of the movie uh sorry the scene of the tree like exploding i always remember that i always remember them like stabbing the turkey and it like disintegrating and it's all like dry and gross inside um i think you even had like a heart the heart inside yeah like it was like a tiny black thing that he like holds up and he's like oh here's the heart uh yeah i really like the small memorable things like that I, I kind of didn't like uh, Bethany and Lewis as much. Why? 
uh, I felt like they could have had, like used other characters to do their roles. Like it didn't need to be. Uh, they didn't need to have another set of characters to do those things. Like they could have just had. Um, well, I think like this, like Bethany and Lewis are are kind of like um, that um, the aunt from Home for the Holidays mm-hmm. where they're kind of weird and they're kind of kooky. Yeah. And because like I feel like out of like the entire family that were there like I think it was like Eddie, Bethany, and Lewis are the only like weirdos. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like I feel that it kind of at least like evens. Yeah. Um, the weirdness. And then also I, I think it's kind of like funny to have um like Bethany <laughs> to be told to say grace and then she's like what grace she died three years ago <laughs> yeah it's like grace grace she died three years ago yeah. and then Lewis is trying to explain to her it's like they want you to say grace yeah and then she's like what so then he's like pointing at his teeth and it's like the blessing yeah <laughs> and then she's like oh okay and then, without, like, hesitation, she started doing the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah. Which then, like, on top of that, it has um, Eddie decides to stand up and salute. Yeah. Because he was a veteran. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it's the, themes, uh, it's, the, it's the scenes like that that you just remember. You know, even if you don't, uh, like, watch the movie, you can... Sometimes if you see, like, a Christmas thing, you remember that scene. Uh, so I really like that. I like that it felt short. Um, well, I think it's probably the pace. Like, the pace was pretty quick. Yeah. Like, it kind of was, like, a pretty quick pace for comedy. Yeah. Um, they're like, okay, this happened, this happened, this happened. Okay, move on. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that because it was pretty tight. It's like each scene was pretty important. Mm-hmm. Like, you never had, there like, There was a, no fluff. Yeah, there was, like, no scene that should have been cut or, like, a scene that they don't really need it. Um, it's, like, every one, every scene, like, had a connection to, like, the next scene or, like, brought, did a callback of, like, a joke or, like, a mentioning to it. Yeah. And I think it, it that's, like, one of its greatest strengths is, like you said, the pacing of the movie is just really nice. And what did you think about, like, Clark and... Uh, I kind of... I felt like Clark was very relatable. Like, he has this perfect idea of, like, what he wants Christmas to be like for his family. Uh, And he wants to, like, do that really bad. Even, like, his dream of owning a pool. I feel like, yeah, like, he daydreams about, like, this, like, hot woman coming to his pool and swimming in it. But he also, like, the first thing he thinks about, which is, you know, unconsciously, is, like, his family enjoying the pool. And then he's like, oh, but I could also have, like, hot women in that pool. Yeah, well, because, like, if you've seen, like, the previous, like, um, like, the other sequel and then the original one, like, he always has, like, this one hot lady that kind of follows him. Yeah. Because I think in the original vacation, he whenever everyone is, like, busy or, like, sleeping, like, this hot lady <laughs> comes and drives, like, right next to him in a Ferrari. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. and then I think there was, like, someone else, like, in European vacation. I Didn't they use the same gag where he's driving and the women are next to him? I think so. I'm not sure. I feel like I remember that, but I could be wrong. Yeah. yeah, but it, it's kind of like that whole, like, oh, like, I can, like, flirt. I know that I'm not going to cheer my wife because mm-hmm. I'm too much of, like, a nerd or, like, mm-hmm. a little out of shape um, to do it. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, I know they're out of my league. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he kind of, like, just goes along with it. Yeah. And it's kind of sad that it is played by Chevy Chase who is now, like, known for being an asshole. Especially after, I think, like, when Community happened, and I think it was, like, the last season. Yeah, that's when it really started coming out. That's when people actually started talking about it, and they were like, hey, this guy's, like, an asshole. Like, you don't like working with him. Yeah, because um, not only did 
that event with Bill Murray and him, uh, not only did that happen, but also there was this other comedian. Um, he's kind of well known for being like a side character, mm-hmm. but I think he was in the league or something. Yeah. Um, he said that when he went to say hi to Chevy one time, mm-hmm. like basically Chevy kind of slapped him. What? And he was like, it, it was something like that he didn't want to, you know, anyone to say hi to him. Damn. Uh, and then I think like his mom, because this was in New York, uh, that his mom saw him at a like local grocery store. Yeah. And was like, oh my god, you're Chevy Chase. And then he basically was like, fuck you type of thing. (laughs) Uh, And I think, like, another person, um, there was, like, another event uh, that I forgot. But, yeah, like, I think, like, if nowadays it's, like, no one doesn't want to hire him because, like, they know that he's a jerk. Yeah, and if they do hire him, it's, like he's cheap now because nobody wants him and but he's still like sometimes good yeah like I he's think... not he's not always good but he's sometimes good yeah i think like maybe the only like big like role he did was like during the remake of vacation yeah um and it's like set as like rusty growing up and having his family mm-hmm. and then like chevy plays clark as like the father slash grandfather yeah um and kind of like being like oh you you're i'm gonna pass the torch to you type of thing Mm -hmm. um so what did you think about ellen um you know ellen is very much that like um american sitcom wife where it's like oh why is she married to him type of thing because she always like you know she constantly has his back uh she always like whenever he's doing something wrong he kind she kind of like from the back like nudges it in the right direction it feels like to the, so that it kind of falls into place for him so she's kind of like controlling everything like whenever he does something stupid she's kind of like controlling it like trying to not let it get out of hand but also not letting him know that she's doing it uh which i kind of like um so she's you know smart um and yeah she's you know she just wants it while clark is trying to give everyone else like this showy good christmas she's trying to make sure that he has a good christmas uh and i like that yeah i also like that she would always be like you know always call clark clark yeah or what was his like his nickname like moose or something something like that yeah yeah um so i remember every time like clark would do something like in the beginning Mm -hmm. like he he was like speeding so that the other driver won't pass him and then she's like clark i don't want to like spend the holidays dead Mm -hmm. like kind of like reminding him like hey like we're in the same car as you are like pay attention yeah be aware and then it's always like kind of reminding clark of like the side effects of his decision Mm -hmm. um and so i kind of like that um i also feel that she also has like her own faults because Mm -hmm. like she tries to like smoke a cigarette because of all the stress and then her mom for some reason like overhears like the snap of like the light like was the matches the matches yeah are you smoking again yeah and then she's like no and then like chops like a lettuce yeah (laughs) so you can tell like she she might look like put together from the outside but you can tell like she's about to snap like she's had enough of clark and she's she's about to snap she's like i need to smoke i mean i would say like she's like a good like uh sense of humor because i think when audrey was complaining that she has to like share a bed with russ yeah like she's like oh honey like i sleep with your father every day and like i don't like him yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and it was like don't be so dramatic yeah um so what did you think about audrey and russ um you know i like that they weren't uh overused in the movie 
Because I feel like nowadays when they make family movies, they give the kids a bigger role to make it feel more like kid-friendly. Uh, well, I think this was rated R. I think that might have been it. Sure, yeah. But I guess I like movies where like they don't try to use the kids to make it more family-friendly. Like, I just want to watch something okay. funny. Um, I like that whatever they said had meaning and substance. It wasn't like... Like you said, it wasn't like a PG movie where like, oh, I want to go do blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, they have real complaints. Like, oh, man, spending my Saturday fucking doing trees and shit. Like, I don't want to do this. You know, um, like they're real kids. Like, oh, I don't want to sleep next to my brother. And then later it shows them like sharing a bed and like the brother like kick the uh, punches her in the face or something. Um, yeah, I like that. I like them. They're not the worst child actors uh, I think I I don't remember if it's them again in the Vegas one well no, I know Rusty no, no, isn't no no no, no, no. okay uh, they're completely different completely yeah. different actors okay I think like the only ones that were the same was the original one and European Vacation yeah and then after that because like at the time like by the time like this was about to be developed yeah like they were all already like I think the guy was already like an adult and I think the the lady I think she passed away from diabetes mm-hmm. so at, as a result they had to replace them yeah so. uh, which kind of sucks but I mean like we're just uh, like we're just talking about this movie and as far as this movie like yeah I, I like both of them in it they were, they were fine yeah. um, I think I I uh, you know, I related to uh, Audrey a little bit more because, like, she's like, ugh, like, I don't want to do that. Like, you know, I related to that more. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that Audrey is kind of like the rebellious teen, but mm-hmm. she doesn't. It's weird because they don't really, like, bring up their stories. They don't see her going to, like, a holiday yeah, party. Exactly. That's what I like. Like, okay. they don't. Like, we get that she's the rebellious kid, but there's no scene of her, like, slamming a door and being like, ugh, I'm out of here, or anything like that. Or... <laughs> so, I, I think I like that. I, I guess you're right. It's because, like, this isn't technically, like, a family movie. It's a rated R movie. Uh, so that's probably why they're just like, yeah, the kid does this, and that's that. Mm-hmm. For Rusty, I feel like that he's kind of like that kid that kind of would help out his parents because mm-hmm. like it kind of seems like they rely on him more than Audrey because I remember yeah. when when ever when Clark was um, setting up the lights Russ was there and then when Clark was like oh I need to check all the lights uh, Russ kind of was there until it was like late at night and then he's like oh no I gotta go to bed yeah. I, gotta, I got stuff to do I gotta do homework um, yeah um, <laughs> and then uh, there was also the incident with the squirrel where all of them are hiding in the like foyer of the house mm-hmm. and Clark is like where's Russ and yeah. then it yells he's like Russ and then even though uh, Russ is like right next to him yeah. he's like I'm right here dad <laughs> um, but it's like he he seems like the kid that would like help out um, yeah. to a certain limit yeah I think he's uh, instead of like you know making Aud- uh, making Audrey do like the chores and like the things it falls onto him Cool. Uh, what did you think of Clark's parents? Uh, I mean, I, I think, like, they're very... They seem like an older generation. Like, mm-hmm. kind of like the... Nor... Was it? The... That, like, famous, like... Norman Rockwell. Mm-hmm. Like, artwork. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely got those vibes. Uh, and then, like... In terms of uh, Ellen's parents, like, they kind of remind me of, like, the type of parents that, like, the mom, like, dyes her wig, mm-hmm. it seems like, or dyes her hair. Yeah. Because, um, like, she doesn't want to realize that she's old. Yeah, for and sure. And the, um, the dad is, like, always grumpy. 
but he always like has like really good lines like I think like um like Audrey said something about the lights it was like oh like you know he has like a quick one liner yeah and then he was like so do washing machines (laughs) (laughs) I think it was something like oh well you know like lights like it's like a really important tradition and then he was like so do washing machines Uh, (laughs) or something like that Mm -hmm. um and then like you could tell that ellen's parents do not like clark Mm -hmm. like at all and i think that kind of uh makes sense why clark's parents also don't like them because Mm -hmm. it's like they're trying to like protect um, their kid basically yeah. yeah but it's kind of funny like there is like the common like thing for them Mm -hmm. for each parent because like both the fathers like end up falling asleep on the couch or the recliners Mm -hmm. while the moms are like watching the thanksgiving day parade yeah um and then making like these like homemade decorations Mm -hmm. yeah so it's at the end like they end up you know no it was like I think, like, the day after... No, I mean, like, at the end of the day, like, they... Oh, yeah. ...get along. It's yeah. not like... They're they're old people. They do the same shit. So, it's like... They, they get along at the end of the day. Yeah, I... You know, I like the actress for uh, Ellen's mom. Um, I, I really like her. Uh, her name's Doris Roberts. And then... The dad, I don't think I'd seen anywhere else. Uh, he was in 12 Angry Men. 12 Angry Men. Okay, yeah, I've never watched that. Like, that's the, like, an old movie, right? Yes. Yeah, I've never seen that. So, um, it was nice to see her, like, be in a more, uh, I, I hadn't seen her in, like, an R-rated thing before. So it was cool to see her in that. I like it, I like it when old ladies do R-rated shit. Not in, like, a weird way. But, like, Betty White, where she's, like, you know... Like, cursing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about uh, Cousin Eddie. Uh, Easily, like, the best part of the movie. The best part of this movie and the Vegas movie. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, Uh, There is, like, a funny, um, like, improv line um, where I think when Eddie goes and tries to kiss um, Ellen... And then Ellen kind of, like, tries to avoid him. So he makes this, like, quick comment. It's like, oh, for three. Yeah. And it's, like, a kind of, like, an inside joke about the previous uh, movies where he tried to kiss Ellen oh, wow. in both vacation. I think he was in European vacation. Uh-huh. And he he was always shut down. So this was kind of, like, an inside joke oh, about that. Oh, that's cool. And that was, uh, like on the spot type thing or yeah it was like i think it was when eddie and like his family were introduced yeah um after the light lighting ceremony Mm -hmm. um yeah no i think i remember my friend joel saying that randy quaid is like kind of an asshole in real life well yeah now like didn't you see like his uh i think tiktok video where he's talking on the tiktok i don't know well, like, there's, like, a video of him basically kind of siding with Trump and... Oh, wow. Yeah. This was, like, before the um, storm of the Capitol. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's gotten pretty weird. And then I think he also had this, like, sex video with, like, his girlfriend at the time ew yeah and it was very weird who sexes randy quaid anymore i don't know some blonde chick oh probably a trump supporter as well i don't know i mean it's been a couple years yeah and it's just weird that he's related to dennis quaid Mm -hmm. which is kind of like the american like man type of you know what i mean it's like that kind of like he has a very like like clint eastwood is like i would call him like the american man yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah he's just really funny in the movie you know the the way he like just moves while standing still yeah you know so in terms of like the inspiration of 
Eddie. Uh, apparently, he got the inspiration from, like, a couple of his uncles. And I think the sweater, um, like, his outfit, when he's, like, drinking the eggnog. Yeah. And it's, like, the white sweater with, like, suede shoes and everything. Mm-hmm. That was, like, um, like his wife's idea. Oh, <laughs> and... And I liked it. I think he, he did a good job kind of yeah. creating this character. Um, yeah, yeah, you could definitely tell they didn't write that character that fleshed out. No, I think that it was a little bit more of, like, Randy's improv and, yeah. like, his way of acting. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, and, you know, he's really complimented really well by uh, the wife in the movie, Catherine. Uh, played by uh, Miriam Flynn, uh, where she's like just really nice and proper, and she wears proper clothes, and she's really polite, and she just really means well, and she wants to do the right thing, and you know, so it's really weird. Like, oh, they ended up to get like opposites, like ended up together over there, and the opposites ended up together here, um, and you know, I. Uh, I w- before I watched this movie for this review, I'd seen it maybe like years ago, um, and I didn't know that she's the one that cooks the turkey, and the turkey part was always my favorite part because I was like, oh, and they ruin the turkey. You think it's gonna be good, and then it just cracks open, and it just looks gross and awesome. But I, like that was my view of it growing up, and then when I watched it recently for this. I, I was like, oh no, she's the one that made the turkey and then she feels bad afterwards. Oh, like now I feel bad for that being my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> uh, so what did you think of Frank Shirley, the boss? I kind of feel like that he was a little bit of like a Scrooge type where he's like, oh, all my money. Uh, yeah. He kind of reminded me of, like, a future Jeff Be- Bezos <laughs> who refused to give bonuses to um, his workers. Oh, 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 I'm sure Amazon, like, CEOs and stuff get a bunch of bonuses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, you know. It, oh, it, and it's kind of funny that, speaking of Amazon, like, he got surpassed by Elon Musk. Yeah. but Which is kind of, like, weird because he doesn't do... The, the thing is, the story behind that is really weird because uh, turns out that certain people had been pumping up the value of the Tesla stock. Oh, so almost like the way Lyft was doing it when they were opening kind, on, at the stock? Yeah, kind of, except for this. Like, Elon Musk kind of started it. Elon Musk was like, oh, like, this is way undervalued. Like, oh man, like my stock is worth way more than this uh, and th- he said that months ago but recently uh, mostly thanks to right like uh reddit's uh wall street bets subreddit uh people have been buying shares like crazy and it's in- artificially inflating the stock price which technically quote-unquote makes him the richest man in the world but, but he's not actually because it's not liquid assets so it, he's not actually the richest man in the world uh that's just how much he's worth he's worth most in the world right now but it's an inflated bubble that is going to burst and it's going to be painful for those that own tesla stock right now so i feel Uh, bad for them okay yeah okay yeah Uh. i i thought that his character was completely fake completely wrong uh no boss would ever be like oh i guess my wife just told me i have to give the bonuses out so i guess i'll give the bonuses out and i'll tack on an extra 20 like that's when you're like oh this is like a fantasy like this is like he probably died when he connected the plugs and this is like his fantasy of like oh wow and then like my boss gave me my christmas bonus oh it's so good yeah i mean like i think like the confrontation is a little like truthful you know it's like him being able to confront Frank about the Christmas bonus. Yeah, that it's what everyone wishes they could do to their boss. Yeah, you know, to be I mean, I, except me, I love my boss. Haha, tihi uu xd. Uh, and then I think in terms of like the whole like change of like mind about Frank, where he's like, oh yeah, I cut out bonuses to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna give you bonuses after just one speech, kind of 
seem I, I agree like it kind of seems a bit weird mm-hmm. um but then i feel that if maybe um because it's weird because they did like spru- like they did like through in a couple scenes with frank like previous to like this climactic scene because yeah. it's like in my opinion like i think it's it's okay and for this time, decide. Every time we saw him before this, though, he was just like a cold, like, uh, like I, he almost like you thought, oh, he almost doesn't even know Clark's name, like he's just a guy. Yeah. He's like, hey, Clark, give me the thing so I can show it in the meeting, and yeah, thanks for the present. Leave it with the rest that I'm never gonna open, and get out. Um. So yeah. Any any closing thoughts on the movie? Uh, no, I. Like, overall, I really liked it. Um, still like it. Yeah. Uh, you? Uh, for me, it's not one of the movies that I have to watch every year. Like, that's still Home Alone for me. Uh, it's not, like, a must-watch every year. But if it's on, I will definitely watch it. Just because, like, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, it's, it's not quotable. It's more, like, you just remember certain scenes. Um... Uh, and it's kind of timeless because it doesn't rely on any like technology it doesn't rely on anything like that so um you know it's timeless you can you can relate to it no matter what yeah uh so that's it uh follow us on instagram at j a n d m underscore podcast you can also email us at j n m podcast at gmail.com if you want to provide us with any suggestions Uh, Or if you want to say hi, scam free. Uh, Thank you again. Hope you come back next week. Bye. Bye.